Hello, and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Today's topic is HERS rating for a new home. What is it and why does it matter? Hi, I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Home Building Hero today. Many of you probably have not even heard of HERS rating. No, this is not your wife's rating of the new home that you are going to buy or the home that you live in, although that matters greatly when you're buying a home. HERS rating, H-E-R-S, and it is an actual calculation and it is very similar if you want to compare it to miles per gallon on a car. HERS rating would be the equivalent of a miles per gallon um, on a home and the energy efficiency of a home. So HERS is a, um, it, it's basically a program that stands for Home Energy Rating System. Again, Home Energy Rating System. And it started back in 2006 and basically a group called ResNet, Residential Energy Services Network, they used that and they created that program to calculate a home's energy efficiency. And that has now become the standard for calculating how energy efficient a home is. So basically, in order to get this rating, you have to hire a qualified inspector to get that rating on the home. And uh, it's compared to just you know how energy efficient that home is compared to similar homes. Now, what's interesting about the HERS rating is that it goes from 0 to 150 as far as rating points. And so, you know, a very inefficient home, an older home that's inefficient would be, you know, 150 on that scale. Whereas a 0, which is very hard to achieve, is called a net 0 home. And a net zero home would mean that it is not using any energy or it could be potentially putting energy back onto the grid. And that would be accomplished by obviously very sound building techniques, use of solar, uh, electric solar, hot water, and maybe even some other you know techniques like geothermal or things like that. Anything that can make the home completely efficient, but solar is a big part of that in order to get to that point. So anyway, you've got a rating from zero to 150. And a typical existing home on the market right now is probably going to have a HERS rating of around 130, okay? That's, not, that's kind of the average nationwide. A new home is going to have a score on average of around 100, okay? So that's sort of the average score. And what you can do is you can hire an inspector to... Uh, do a energy audit on your home. And new builders, um, many will have a company come in and do an audit on a new home. And in order to get a full inspection report, they actually are required to go out to the job site during construction and also do tests after the home is complete to check on that HERS rating. So let's talk a little bit more about it and what it means and then how you know, you can improve the energy rating of your existing home as well. And, and this does make a difference. If you have an energy inefficient home, you're going to spend more money on your heating and cooling. And, 
you know, that's that's a perpetual thing. As long as you live in that home, you're going to see, you know, savings when you do this. And uh, the big decision for a lot of people is, are you going to invest in this test? And, you know, is it worthwhile? Or is there enough that you can do on your own to improve the energy efficiency of your home? Now, a lot of people that come out and buy homes, they don't necessarily look for or ask for that rating. It's not a mandatory, it's not required. And we used to test all of our homes, for example, and uh, they all started to come in in fairly similar ranges. Uh, We were coming in in the low 50s, sometimes in the high 40s uh, with most of our homes, pretty consistently, which is a very good rating. That means that it is very energy efficient. The problem is when every time you get one of these tests done, you're looking at you know over a thousand dollars or more to get that test. And so, with pricing being so high, a lot of people just don't feel like they want to invest the money in getting those tests done, and they'd rather take that money and put it into more energy efficiency. So, you know, once you have sort of a baseline of your product, um, you know, you can you can definitely you know find ways to improve it. And this is something that especially building efficiency, there's a lot of products and different things that you can do to improve the rating. But a big part of it is just making sure that you have contractors, make sure that you have trades that understand energy efficiency, they understand air leakage, air loss, and they're willing to do something about it. And that is really the big thing. So, you know, that's the builder has to care about it and the trades have to care about it to continue to work at it. And having somebody third party come in once in a while and inspect your work uh, besides a building inspector is, is a good thing. But is it something where is it worth spending, you know, over $1,000 to get a rating on it? Well, it seems like the market has made their case there and, and that's not a mandatory thing for homes at this point. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the rating, and one other thing about the rating that's interesting is that if you have a, a home that's rated at you know ninety, let's say, and a new home is is rated you know a typical new home is rated at hundred, that means that you know if you have a new home and it's rated at ninety, it is ten percent more efficient than new homes on the market. Okay, so a typical new home, if it's rated at 100 and yours comes in at 90, that means it's 10% more efficient. Okay, that, that's kind of how that works. Uh, but again, if you have an older home and it's rated, you know, at something under the 150, um, you can kind of calculate out the percentage uh, compared to other existing homes. So then you would divide that out by 150 and then find out what percentage more efficient you are. Okay, so... More about the HERS rating, there's a lot of different things that go into this, and we'll talk a little bit about how they calculate out the HERS score on a home. And, uh, you know, the inspector has a, a bunch of different techniques and things that they do. Um, and, and, and the way this works really is, again, like I said, on a new home, they're going to go out during um, the rough end time, and then they're also going to go out at the finish time and uh, and then do you know a bunch of checking on it to make sure that they get um, you know get all the data that they need so that they can have an accurate test but uh, the other thing that's nice about this um, they use a, a program called ResNet which creates the score and then there's a chart that comes with it as well and you know this 
document that's created, it also shows homeowners where they can make improvements. And usually there's a, a cost benefit analysis with it so that you know you can improve the home on your own if, if you want to, to improve those ratings. And um, there's we'll go over in a minute some of the different ways that you can fix your home or ways that you can improve that rating on your home. And there's a lot of little simple things you can do and then there's other things that are going to be a bigger bigger uh, checklist for you. So some of the things that the inspectors are going to look for are they're gonna look for air leaks in the building envelope and that's probably one of the number one things. It's one of the easiest things to fix and uh, getting rid of places where air can you know, pass through the home from a conditioned space to an unconditioned space. So an insulated area to an uninsulated area. They're going to check your heating system, your ventilation system, air conditioning, and check your distribution, make sure there's not leaks within that system. Uh, and then they're gonna calculate the air infiltration rate. And that's what's also commonly known as a blower door test. So that's something else that inspectors will do and um, that kind of just checks how much air is seeping out of the home. Additionally, when they're checking the home, they're going to look for different things like wall and ceiling insulation to make sure that you have adequate um, supply of that and check all the R values of that. They're going to check your water heating system, make sure that's efficient. They're going to look at your thermostat, your foundations. They're going to inspect all your attics and crawl spaces because those are all areas where you can have inefficiency on your home. So they do all these things when they inspect and give you that HERS rating. Okay, so another interesting thing is they said nowadays with homes being built, the average HERS score for a nationwide home, brand new home, is actually 61. So although when this first came out, the rating was 100, new homes now are rating at almost a 61. And so that just shows that more and more people are you know, focus on energy efficiency, and they are integrating that into their construction. But again, you have to understand that not everybody pays a lot of attention to the HERS rating, because even Realtors survey just last year, 69% of them said that energy efficiency in their listings was important, but only about 59% or less of their clients were at least somewhat interested in that information. So although it does help to say that your home is energy efficient and, and show it, that is still not a huge driving factor for consumers. So let's just talk about um, some of the different techniques and different things that you can do to improve your HERS rating on your home. One of the easiest fixes is first to look at your windows. Of course, you want to have good windows in your home. That's a must. But air leakage is one of the biggest causes of a lower or a inefficient rating, not a lower rating. It would be a higher rating. Okay? So the way the windows are installed can be a big difference. So making sure that there's insulation all around where the window is framed in. And ideally, if you can put spray foam around the, the window frame that you've put in, and make sure that there's no openings, no penetration. That is going to greatly increase your HERS rating. Okay. The other thing that you need to check on, and this is a big thing, and there's actually a really cool product that they make for this. But if you picture your drywall at the top of your, your ceiling, so from your wall touching the top of your ceiling, if you understand that drywall is screwed in 
um, nailed and screwed in. So usually they put a couple nails in and then they screw it in. Wherever the drywall is screwed in, it's going to be sealed tightly against that stud. But when you get further and further away from that screw, that drywall starts to pull away a little bit from that stud. And there's tiny, tiny little openings and air pockets all throughout that area. That is where heat will rise and seep through and become inefficient. Now, on the surface, you may say that's not a big deal. That's not a lot of area. And that's true. These little holes, these real small little penetrations. But when you take an entire home, you take a you know, 60 by 40 foot wide or something like that home, 60 foot wide, 40 foot deep, and you look at all those little penetrations, that can actually be the size of a garbage can. So now you have this giant hole that's two feet, three feet big if you were to combine all these of air just going directly from your house out to uh, your attic. And that is inefficient, of course. So there are products like gasket seal uh, insulation that they spray on. It's basically uh, a product that is stretchable or flexible and it seals up all those penetrations. And that can be a huge savings. That product itself is, you know, $1,500 to $2,000, roughly maybe $3,000 if it's a really big house. Uh, but that can have a direct impact and can save you some money. Another thing that can save you money is if you do go with full spray foam insulation on your home. Uh, batted insulation is great, especially the higher the R value, the better it's going to work. But you can also go with spray foam. Spray foam will get rid of many of those small penetrations. Now, doing spray foam throughout all the walls of your home can be a costly add. So, Although, you know, the R value probably won't be much greater than batted insulation, you will see a lot less air leakage and it also make your home a little quieter as well. So something to think about, it will definitely cut down on your operation costs, but it's going to take a while to pay that back off. A lot of times doing spray foam on a home can be thousands of dollars, four, five, six thousand dollars easily over uh, batted insulation. So keep that in mind. Uh, caulking any gaps, whether it's through spray foam or silicone caulk, making sure that you're caulking gaps is really the job number one. If you're going to fix up your old home, you know, check around your windows and seal all those gaps up. Uh, that will help tremendously. Then number two is make sure that you have good insulation. Okay, and especially in your attic, over time, at insulation, especially blown insulation, will break down. It will settle down and it'll lose some of its R value. So down the road, increase the amount of insulation in your attic. It's fairly inexpensive and it can have, again, a big impact. Um, most new homes have at least R40 in the attic. Some have R44, some have R50 nowadays. Uh, older homes may have less than that. So you may want to check on that R value in your attic insulation. That is obviously a big place to make improvements, especially on older homes. Another big thing, and this is something that you can control yourself, is your thermostat. Lowering your temperature just a couple degrees can save 5 to 10% more on your heating and cooling costs. So your best bet is to spend a little bit of money and invest in a programmable thermostat. You know, If you're not home all day, why do you have the heat on it at 72? Turn it down. Turn it down to 65 while you're not home. Have it turn back on a half an hour before you get home and get the temperature back up. Maybe set it at 70 instead of 72. It makes a huge difference. Same with your cooling. 
Don't, don't set your house to 68 degrees, you know, set it to 72 and you can save a ton of money on your heating and cooling bill. But most importantly, use that programmable thermostat. And uh, ideally, if you can do a zone heating system, uh, I did that in my home. I actually had it set up for a zone and I didn't put the final zone in right away. About a year later, I added the zone in and boy, my heating bill went down because I have a two-story home. And so at night, you know, for heating, I turned the heat up a little bit in the bedrooms, but I turned it down on the first floor level and then vice versa during the day when my family was downstairs, we had the heat up a little bit more, turned the heat down in the bedrooms. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, this, this isn't going to save me any money. Well, I started getting my heating bills back and it was quite a difference. It actually saved quite a bit of money. So make sure that you take advantage of that and you program your thermostat. Take the time to do it. Once you've got it all programmed out, it might take you 10 or 15 minutes to get it set up the way you want it. Uh, it's going to save you a lot of money and you're going to be happy you did it, especially if you have a typical routine. Of course, these days too, with smart homes, you can also turn down your thermostat right from your cell phone. And um, if you have that capability, you can do that if your schedule is changing. You know, if you're going to get home a lot later one night, if you got the ability to keep that thermostat down another hour or two until you get home, take advantage of it. Those little changes over time do add up to big dollars. So keep that in mind. But those are some of the different things that you guys can do on your own to save some money and improve your energy efficiency rating. A couple last things about the HERS rating that are interesting. Over 2.4 million homes in the U.S. have been certified now. And uh, almost 230,000 plus homes were certified in 2018. And the state of Arizona actually is the biggest state for energy efficiency certification. And that makes sense because it is a very hot state and they spend a lot of money trying to cool these homes down. And uh, it makes sense. It's, it's a very hot, extreme climate, especially in the summer. And, you know, the HERS rating is not only good for energy efficiency, but it's also uh, an indication as well on that performance and it affects the comfort of your home. You know, if your home is inefficient, it's probably not going to be comfortable, meaning it's going to take a while for uh, that cooling to work. It's going to take a while for for that, that air to get to that comfortable level. If you've got humidity in the air, it takes a while to get that humidity out. And comfort is also an important factor as well with the home. It's not just energy efficiency. You have to think about comfort as well. So now you guys know all sorts of things about HERS rating, H-E-R-S. And if you'd like to learn more about HERS rating, there's lots of information on the website. Or also you can check out our website if you'd like to get more information, homebuildinghero.com. Or you can also make sure to follow us on Twitter at building underscore hero. Make sure to give us a follow there. And last but not least, my last ask, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Wherever you're listening to on the 10 different platforms that we're on, you can subscribe to the Home Building Hero. Just look for Home Building Hero, three words, and hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified every time we drop a new episode. I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Home Building Hero and we'll talk to you all very soon.